0: We live in a time where masculinity is shamed, and men don't know what it means to be a man. As a pastor and counselor, I've spent the better part of my life equipping and training others. My goal with this show is to translate my hard-earned experience into tools and tactics to help you become stronger as a man. This is the Brave Co. Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Bellant. All right, well, welcome back to the Brave Co. podcast. This week, I have my favorite all-time guest, my mom. Mm. Mom, thank you so much for coming on here.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. What a special treat for me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought it would become, uh, be kind of fun to bring you on. And I mean, just talk about how I grew up and there's a lot of stories that I want to dive into, and then mm-hmm. ask you questions about life too, and uh, and just get some wisdom from you know some older, wiser people.
1: Watch out for that older
0: word. <laughs> well, more mature, more mature, yeah, more mature, go. more mature, wiser people. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's going to be fun. You know, I grew up in. Well, our home growing up, I should say, was always super loving, like godly Christian home. You and dad did such a good job Mm -hmm. um, raising us. And when I was thinking about this podcast and what to talk about, um, I was thinking back to some early times as a little kid. And you and dad had home group at our house growing up for years for years, year like 20 years long time yeah and uh you guys are always huge on for for us kids right like I remember um church wasn't something that I always wanted to go to but dad used to say you don't have to go you get, you to, get go. to go yeah <laughs> you guys hated that I hated it so much <laughs> but, but you went we went yeah we went and then I remember growing up how did dad used to motivate us to worship at church do you remember? Oh,
1: gosh, he probably gave you something.
0: Yeah. So if we worship, yeah, if it we'd raise it. our hands at church, we'd get an ice cream after church. Oh, yeah. And I remember one Sunday I didn't, but the girls did. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to the grocery store, and he bought them ice cream, and didn't buy me one. You remember that? Yeah. What a savage. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what happened the next week?
0: Oh gosh, are you kidding me? I made sure to raise my hand, both hands. That way you could get a big ice cream. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so cool. Uh, but one of the things that um, I have so many funny little stories growing up, but you guys are always big on involving us in mm-hmm. everything that you did. And there was a good side to that and a bad side to that, right? Like, like the good side to that is we were – growing and learning about God and, you know, doing stuff with the family. The downside to that for me was when you guys started learning about the supernatural and Mm. practicing casting out demons.
1: (laughs) I would have thought that would have been an exciting time for you. Well,
0: here's the thing. In in this podcast today, some people are going to, you're going to hear some stories that I haven't talked about much on the podcast and, and not everyone, you know, maybe not even everyone's a believer on here, which to me is like, whatever, it's all good. You know, you don't have to believe what I believe or or maybe you have a different flavor of Christianity exactly. that, than I do, you know, like maybe you're Baptist and, and, uh, I'm more, more alternative, non-denominational, whatever. But these are stories from my childhood mm-hmm. that I went through and
1: it's hard to argue with an experience. Yeah over an experience it is yeah
0: yeah and I've had a lot of them growing yeah. up thanks to you and dad thank you yeah I appreciate <laughs> that and in the early years right like and maybe you can kind of talk through this I'll set you up here um in a second but the early years when I remember back to mm, home group and youth group at our house
1: mm.
0: what I remember is like these pretty fun gatherings in, in you know, dad teaching and you guys leading worship, doing stuff like that. But then I have these really strong memories of, like, uh, you know that story that dad tells where the guy, the kid, was demon possessed in our house.
1: Yeah, I'll call him Steve.
0: Steve, that wasn't that's not his, his name. A, that's not. I can't Steve. remember his name. I can. not <laughs> it was like Daniel that, that's or something how much, that's how much yeah, yeah. embedded in my mind yeah and I so he tells a story <clears throat> right this this kid's he j- I think he had just got saved did he not or he just started coming to youth group this kid
1: he just started coming to youth group his mom begged us to reach out to him Yeah, I mean she had done everything that she could possibly could as a mom and she was she a single should, mom yeah. oh gosh and it just you know it's what do you do when you have a son that's out of control out of control you know and back then there wasn't any labels, you know, I don't know if he was schizophrenic or bipolar or, yeah. uh, you know what he was, but yeah, he just wasn't in his right mind a lot.
0: No. And he had asked the girl sitting next to him <laughs> <laughs> if he could have sex with her at home group. <laughs> Amongst these,
1: Most of the, most of the kids are probably like 13. <laughs>
0: So in the middle of the home group, he turns to this girl and asks if he can have sex with her.
1: He was a pretty scary looking guy. Yeah, I
0: bet. Well, long story short, right? Like long story short, he freaks out mid home group.
1: He did. He started going around to all the girls. And of course they were panicking and your dad said something to him like, we don't act like that.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, we don't do that to, to girls. Yeah. And he started flipping out and. You you kids were supposed to be in bed.
0: We were never in bed.
1: You weren't. We had a loft. Remember the loft?
0: Yeah. So our house was uh, two stories and in on the second story you could there was a loft that we could like crawl up to and look over at what was happening mm-hmm. downstairs. Yeah. And downstairs was where all the gatherings were and we yeah. could like peek over and see but you guys could see us in the windows.
1: And you we never told you that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, so so that particular night, I mean, he is, and this is just one of many stories. I'll get into a couple more, but cause I, I'm going somewhere with this, but, um, anyways, he freaks out mm-hmm. and he starts going nuts.
1: He did. He ran upstairs.
0: Yeah. I remember that. Do you? Yeah. And I think somebody caught him on the stairs and pulled him down. Yeah. So he was like coming after us kids, Yeah. like psycho. And then you guys got him outside
1: yeah, got him outside and thought that was going to be the end of them, And, you know, all these screams and noises were coming from them, And it was pitch black. Yeah. It was nighttime. You couldn't see. And all the girls were laying flat on the ground praying. <laughs> <laughs> and all the guys were trying to be this big macho, yeah. you know, macho men, And they must have been probably 13, 14, 15, 16 years old. And they wow. went running outside. And it was like, this is... Awesome. Poor kid. Poor kid. And your dad was down on the the drive area, the gravel, and
0: outside, yeah.
1: Not really knowing exactly what to do. I mean, we were all learning. And Danny Silk, do you remember Danny being there? Yeah. Danny Silk was there and he went running outside. He had just gotten saved not very long before that. And he said, This is amazing. This is this is just like the chapter of Acts. (laughs) Or chapter in <laughs>
0: yeah the in, book of in, Acts yeah in, in, in the Acts, Bible yeah in,
1: in the Bible and it, he was so excited about what he was seeing, and that's kind of how our deliverance ministry ended up starting. Yeah, it's
0: so wild. Um, I mean, okay, so there was this other lady that that lived with us. Mm-hmm. So I just my childhood was so crazy. When I look back now
1: I can't believe that we did that.
0: I can't believe you did that either.
1: Could you imagine doing that with I ne- Never Liam? would I
0: ever do that.
1: Never ever would I let you.
0: So people don't know what we're talking about. But here's here's oh, here's gosh. my childhood. So right, my mom and dad are learning, you know, they they'd gotten saved a little while uh before, you know, and, and started following God and were going to church and like you read in the Bible about you know, the the prophetic and, you, and the supernatural and mm-hmm. demons being cast out. Like Jesus actually says, this is how like people who follow me will be able to cast out demons, heal mm-hmm. the sick, raise the dead, right? So like we hold this really strong conviction yeah. even to this day of like, man, this is our role as believers is, is to do the stuff that Jesus did. Mm-hmm. So early years, there wasn't all this training on like prophetic ministry or deliverance ministry i wish there was yeah and so you know every everyone was trying to figure it out like you guys were trying to figure it out and it was messy and so we had this lady a friend of ours her name was tracy evans who was awesome she was a missionary (laughs) in the philippines and just a a really radical like she's probably the bravest person that i know yeah
1: she had gorillas not animals but guerrilla men coming after her yeah. and they didn't realize that she knew how to speak to Gallag, and they were plotting to kill her. Oh, I know she's and insane. In the heart of the, the jungle in the Philippines. And she ended up escaping. Yeah. She's been them. captured I mean, she's and escaped so many shot times. Shot at three times. I mean, point blank shot at yeah. gun misfired.
0: Shipwrecked.
1: Crazy. Like the apostle Paul. Paul. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so she had gotten this lady saved right And the lady who she got saved was Anton Levain's daughter, spiritual, spiritual daughter, daughter, which if you don't know who Anton vain is, he was like the, the head of the satanic church. Mm -hmm. So she got, she witnessed to this girl, got her saved, brought her to our house. And then you guys let her stay with us. We did. You let her sleep at our house.
1: We did, (laughs) but I'm thinking of all the stories that you haven't been told back there that even led up to that. Oh my God! Tracy had she ended up the gal ended up in the rubber room in the hospital because do you remember this part?
0: Well, here's the thing: I don't remember the the uh, chronological order, so I don't remember the stories in order. So
1: yeah, but she was she was all cut up.
0: Oh yeah, she I was com- remember that. She was
1: completely cut up by barbed wire because she was being chased by demons. Oh yeah. And she, yeah, she was trying to get away from them. She had a horrible upbringing. Horrible really bad. upbringing. Yeah. And then just one thing after another, she had beat up five guys in a bar by herself. Yeah. She was like six foot one, built like a man, strong, tough. Yeah. Sad.
0: It's, it's honestly, I know that, well, I'm not laughing because of, her, obviously, her being demon possessed, but the fact that w- w- I was introduced to this world so young, right? W- nobody knew what they were doing. You,
1: Jay, were 18 months old, and she used to hold you all the time. <laughs> yeah, because she had a couple. She had a daughter of her own. Gosh. that had been taken away from her, of course. Yeah. And you kind of filled that. Well, void I mean, that in it's, her, ex- ex- <laughs> in it's explaining life. a lot.
0: Well, I remember one of the stories that you guys share is um, again where you guys were in home group and she's sitting there in home group holding a baby doll oh yeah she's holding the baby doll in mid mid worship she rips the head off the baby doll Mm -hmm. and freaks out turns into this other being and starts you know manifesting
1: your poor sister (laughs) (laughs) my baby she pulled the head off my baby
0: Golly, it was so take me through like, what were you guys thinking? Cause I've thought about that a lot, right? I've thought about that a lot. Like, like, uh, I have little kids yeah, and I wouldn't never, right? Like we have Airbnb at our house and I'm nervous about that. Like I, we have a, a we lock the door yeah. up, up top. It's a separate entrance. And I'm like, man, but knowing, knowing that somebody's, you know, a little bit crazy. What, what was the motive?
1: You know, I think a lot of times God blinds us from things. Yeah. He hides things from us. Yeah. And there's seasons of our life. And we were just in a season of yeah. our life where God, you know, he, that's the one thing about God. He knows, you know, our, our beginning from yeah. our now to our end. He knows everything. Yeah. And he takes us and puts us in situations where we learn, you yeah. know, we it's grow. True. Um. Would I make that same decision now? Of course not. No, I'm not in that season. (laughs) And if somebody came up to me, I would have to say, you really would have to hear from God in order to do that. And we did. I mean, your dad never forced anything on me that I didn't say, yeah, I think we should do this. Yeah. You know, but on the flip side, so many amazing things happen. We had a prophet guy come to dinner one day and she was, she would sleep on the couch. She wasn't upstairs with the prophet. Arlene.
0: Oh, no, no, no. Oh, you had a prophet guy come. You had a prophet guy yeah, come to our house girl. for dinner. Okay, yeah. And
1: the, the girl that, yeah. that we were talking about, yeah she would sleep on the, the couch because we never yeah. let her sleep upstairs with the yeah. guys. And your dad and Danny, his name was Danny, were discussing kind of in a heated discussion over the Bible. And she had been asleep and she sat straight up and she started quoting scripture. This is only after she had been in the house with us for like three months. She was quoting scripture, answering the questions that they were talking about. Crazy. And then laid back down again. I mean, God used her over and over and over Yeah. in so many many ways in so many situations that it was amazing and seeing her transformation. Yeah. I mean, when she first came to live with us, she had done so much speed and meth. She had lost so much weight. Her clothes were Mm. literally hanging on her. Wow. I had to, and she had no money. Wow! We had no money. So I took out my sewing machine and altered all of her clothes wow. so that, you know, she'd have something to wear and taught her how to act like a lady and just.
0: It's part of what I love. <sighs> it, like when I look back, I, I know I'm saying like, gosh, what were you thinking? The flip side of this is. So, um, I had a, I, I have counseled this girl. It's a, I don't want to say who she is of course Mm -hmm. a mutual friend of ours daughter and um she called me she was in college and she called me and and she said hey I've counseled her since she was 16 you know so she calls me and she said man I'm just really struggling with knowing like how do you know that God's real like that he's even Mm -hmm. real that there's not like all these other religions Mm -hmm. and I was explaining to her I said you know what the problem is is that you've never actually had to use your faith. Mm-hmm. Right. Like growing up, there was sar- such a stark contrast between the supernatural, like angels and demons, like good
1: and evil, heaven
0: and hell. Yeah. Good, evil. Yeah. 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 The devil and God. There was such, and I saw it, right? Because we lived in that. Yeah. And so, you know, again, not to freak everyone out, but this is my childhood. Like I can remember being 14 years old. So I'm 14 years old. I'm at youth group and we had done deliverance ministry now for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so I had kind of learned, you know, like, Hey, find out, find out what gave the enemy access into their life. And usually it's like bitterness, unforgiveness has opened up a door in people's lives. Um, sexual, sexual stuff can do that too. And then the enemy has access and and so I was at youth group one night and this friend of mine in youth group um she started manifesting a demon and which basically for for that meant I mean she was like clawing at herself Mm -hmm. and uh there's a voice coming out of her that she wasn't moving her mouth but a voice is coming out Mm -hmm. of like her stomach just a really freaky I mean it's a freaky thing And so um, anyways, I started helping her and found out that it was a whole bunch of unforgiveness stuff. Oh yeah. And once we worked through that unforgiveness, like literally like once she chose to forgive and uh, like boom, we were able to like close access to Mm -hmm. the enemy and invite the Holy Spirit back Mm -hmm. in and everything's over, right? Like she's back into her right mind there's she's not calling herself anymore she's just like in this really beautiful peaceful place and I mean we've seen that journey with people like hundreds of times hundreds of times when you grow up in an environment like that you have no question whether or not God's real Mm -hmm. or the devil's real right yeah um you it like creates this like hard fast like wow I can't I can never argue with this Mm -mm. and that was the benefit of it all I did realize later on in life that I have some like trauma from those years though I mean for reals because in why I say trauma is like I realized um later on in life when because this happens right like I'll be on the prayer lines at the church Mm -hmm and someone will start manifesting a demon and, and be freaking out and I realize like whoa I have a lot of anxiety mm-hmm. a lot of like it's triggering and I have to like work myself through it and calm down
1: you have to you have to push through it I remember when um I forget what we're calling her Susan
0: it doesn't matter It doesn't matter
1: yeah um and i don't know if you even remember this or if you just remember stories yeah she um there was a a guy that was coming to our church to speak his name was dick joyce yeah from mexico yeah and he he was up speaking and we were in a little our little church of at calvary chapel wasn't yet mountain chapel and i told i told susan i'll save a place for you because she had to go clean somebody's house mm. and so um have you ever been in a situation where you can like feel somebody behind you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I did, and I turned around, and and there she was, standing in the back of the church. There's a little door you can come in from the outside, and I just said, "Here I am," you know. And she's like looking over me with this real serious looking face, and I'm thinking, she just doesn't see me. So I I get up and I'm like, "Susan, come on, I, I have a seat for you," and still just looking completely past me. So I get up and I move closer to her and I'm about from here to you, from me. And I'm like, Susan. And all of a sudden I, lo- I realized I know that look in her eyes. And she turned into this cat and she started coming after me with her teeth and her hands going for my throat. And I was walking backwards and I just, the only thing I knew to do was say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And it happened to be that Dick was watching this and he has a huge deliverance ministry. We had the sheriff in the congregation, the <laughs> undersheriff in the congregation, and one of the head sergeants in there, plus your father. God. And so everybody is up and running towards her. And poor thing, she there was a hurricane fence between us and Campora, and she ran towards it, and she's climbing up Oh, so up she this, ran out, out the she door. She ran out the door, yeah, and she ran towards the hurricane fence, cl- trying to climb over it. And the one of the deputies grabs her down, And she takes a punch and she pushes him out and she starts now, she's running for the highway.
0: Oh, jeez! Highway
1: two ninety-nine. And it's not like a super busy highway, but it's it's there's cars and trucks going all the time. And she's running, and your father is running after her as fast as he can and jumps her and brings her to the ground just before she gets out to the street. (gasps) And she's just manifesting, and and of course the cops get her and handcuff her and put her in the back of the, the car. And I remember your dad saying, let me back there with her. Let me back there with her. And I think the the cops the cop like, was like, no way crazy? you're crazy. Who's more crazy? her are you? Yeah. So he did and he just prayed over her and she instantly came out of it. It was back in her right mind crying. And so she went back into the hospital for three more days. And I think that was one of the hardest three days of my life. Wow. Because it, up until then, she'd been in our home for six months. Wow. We'd seen so much transformation. Mm-hmm. We didn't know what had happened to trigger her to mm-hmm. become possessed again. Come to find out, she'd taken a drink over at the house that she oh. used some alcohol. And it just opened the door back up. Wow. And she just she just lost it. But I remember I remember talking to Benny Johnson saying... I don't know what we're going to do because either she's going to go out on the street
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and everything that we've done for her is going to be in vain. Yeah. Or am I going to take her back into our home Mm. knowing everything that I know and it talk about traumatized. It was like a year for me where I couldn't even look into a window because I would see her face Oh wow! or I would,
0: Right, you it know, was scary it just, for you, yeah.
1: It was super scary, super yeah. scary. You know, when when you're standing just feet from somebody and they come out yeah, out like a, a wild animal, <laughs> that's, you know. So scary, yeah. It was so scary. So we ended up taking her back in. Um, that was, you know. God,
0: you guys that, are so brave.
1: I don't know, the God's grace is all I can think yeah. of, you know. He gives... He gives you grace in the situation that you're going through yeah. to be able to make it. And then the tough decision. I just remember feeling like he was saying to me, are you going to take in people only when it's easy? Wow. I thought, no, and she needs our love more now yeah. than, and she needed our forgiveness more now than she did before. So we took her back in and in about three months she ended up leaving. She got married. Which, by that time, we were ready to see her go. Yeah, But um, it was interesting. About 10 years ago now, we were in a landscaping place. And I looked, and there's this old truck that came into the driveway. And I looked, and I thought, that's Sharon. And I pumped your dad. I said, look, there she is. And he's like, there's who? I said, Sharon, she's in that truck. And so she got out, and her body was just wrecked. I mean, she mm. just walking with a cane and just wow. looked really, you know, kind of yeah. like she had aged more than her age. Yeah. And I, I said, Susan, and she stopped and she kind of looked at over and we walked over towards her and we said, do you remember us? And she looked and looked and I said, Chris and Kathy, and she started crying, She's like, oh. oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I can't believe you're here. And she told us what she'd been doing and told us about her daughter and wow so but you know you just yeah. you just never know the difference that you're gonna make in i know in somebody's life and then being able to see the hand of god working in your home
0: people are probably wondering why you called her susan and then sharon it's because you're using a fake name. oh sorry i so forgot <laughs> my mom's not crazy no
1: not <laughs> well
0: <laughs> <laughs> not yet well and that's what i love right is is you guys were the, like the, the day and age where you really put your faith into action. Yeah. And, and that's what people don't see nowadays, right? Is they don't look at a chance to look back at your guys' mm-hmm. early years before, you know, before dad was who dad is and you were who you are. Like you guys spent so much time walking out, the gospel walking out the the christian life in practical ways
1: yeah it wasn't just textbook information no (laughs) you know
0: walking by faith yeah and uh i just so admire that you know you and dad um what i remember growing up too is you and dad always having to like live by faith which basically means you don't have any money
1: no money <laughs>
0: <laughs> no money right but uh dad tells his story a lot he he talks about uh he wanted to be in ministry yeah that's that was his big like yeah. I just can't wait till to do ministry but God told him to open up um
1: service station
0: a gas station yeah, yeah a service station and dad was like I don't want to do that you know, I'm going to
1: be in ministry.
0: And God said, well, if you, if you open up a gas station, I'll bless you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you guys were broke all the time. Oh, man, no money. But
1: miracle after miracle we saw, you know, it was, it was just like, I think that's why I entitled my book, what I did, the good, the God, God and the ugly, the ugly, yeah. which that so describes our life.
0: Yeah, it's true. Those early years, like how did you do it how did you make it those early years because when I look you know I'm I'm the age I'm a little bit older than than I'm 42 so you know I I can I can remember dad now at 42 at my age Mm -hmm. it's hard to tell you know what I'm saying like when you're young it's hard to be like yeah who was my dad at this age I can remember him at, at at 42. Um, but when I think back, those early years of, of being married and raising kids are so tough. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you guys were constantly, you know, growing a business and just strapped all the time, Mm -hmm. strapped. Um, how did you do that? Like, how did you, how did you go through those tough years, those lean years of like our cars being repossessed, our house being foreclosed on? Like, just like I could sit here and tell story after story of like, Those are hard years. How did you do that?
1: They were really hard years. And for most of it, I wouldn't ever want to go through it again. Yeah. But yet I'm so glad that I did. Yeah. Because, you know, just the stories that we were telling that we're talking about, that builds faith inside of you. So you go, we go from faith to faith to faith to faith. It's not like all of a sudden we get thrown into the kettle, into the hot water. Yeah, um, it's kind of a continual building, and just you know, taking every thought captive to the obedience of mm-hmm. Christ, and not letting the enemy flood your mind or your imagination with something that is going to totally destroy you. Mm-hmm. Because the Bible says, "Greater is He." Yeah. You know, greater is He. Greater is Jesus. Greater Who's is in me. God. Yeah. That's in me than He that's in the world, which yeah. is the enemy. Yeah. You know, the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And God wants the opposite for Mm -hmm. each of us. And so, you know, it's not like I didn't have my bad times, my bad moments. I can remember you kids being in school and I just, we'd had my office at home so that I could still work and be there for you guys. But in doing so, I would get probably 20 to 30 collection calls on our phone in our home, which then... There there was no sanctuary to go home to, right? Because we had brought it right in the midst of us, so that I could stay home with you kids. I remember laying on the futon, just crying out to God, you know why I don't understand. We've done everything that you've asked us to do, and yet I don't understand why we're going through this. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that, you know, I have control over my mind. I have control over my thoughts. I can I can choose to you know, let the enemy win. Yeah. Or I can say, no, God's got a better plan than this. Yeah. And I'm being crafted and formed and, you know, shaped for something that's greater. Yeah. You know, you look at the Bible and it's filled with all kinds of tests and trials that people went through <laughs> and, you know, most of them are way harder than what we've gone through. But if we didn't go through those, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, where would you be in life without doing hard things? Not very far.
1: Not very far. Mm -mm.
0: But it's those hard things that that make life so challenging too. And, you know, I think what's interesting as well is, like you guys didn't really have, uh, I mean, times back then were so different. It it wasn't like you had a whole bunch of people to reach out to, to go like, okay, how do we do this? How do we like, I got collection people calling me and and I'm trying to run a business. and I'm trying to raising kids. Like you didn't, even for raising kids, like you didn't have Danny silk back then to go like, how do we do, how do we raise kids? Well, and what are the, what are like the five steps to like getting your kids to sleep at night? And you know, I wish we you guys had didn't that. have any of that stuff. <laughs> it was
1: all, you know, trial and error in God's grace that, you know, made your kids turn out the way you did.
0: Yeah, I mean, decent. We turned out decent. More than decent. <laughs> what was the toughest thing that that you've been through, Mom? When you look back, mm. Hard, hardest time of your life.
1: I think probably the hardest time was when your sister uh, with Jamie. Yeah. When she started having seizures. Oh wow. I don't even know if you remember that.
0: I don't, I was so young.
1: Yeah, she was in we got a call in one afternoon and she I think she was probably in second grade, I wanna say. She was like eight or so.
0: Yeah.
1: Eight or nine. Saying that something was wrong. She was drooling and she was sick. Oh my god. Dad came and picked her up. And she was on having a full blown seizure, grandma seizure. Oh my gosh! And he calls me on the phone saying, "Get to the doctor, something's wrong with Jamie." And not knowing, you know, my mom is severely epileptic, and so I had been raised with an epileptic mom, and so I—you
0: had it, seen that before.
1: Oh yeah, she would have about fifty seizures a month.
0: Oh my gosh! And
1: it, you know, I can remember at six years old not going to kindergarten because I was taking care of her. And then when she would kind of come out of it and be okay, I would leave to school, and I did that for years and wow. years. But not, you know, seeing that happen to your child, and then they rush her down to the hospital, and and they um, air ambulance her to the hospital, and just not knowing. Like where,
0: to Reading, is that where they flew her yeah, to? Yeah,
1: because we were in Weaverville. They flew, yeah, yeah, they flew her here, and they ended up not knowing what caused it i mean they thought it was infectious hepatitis so she was in quarantine for a week we couldn't go in to see her oh my gosh and then i remember them saying that they were going to do of course a brain scan and that was the not knowing was so so hard i just remember your dad and i went to a park and just were praying and praying god just spare her life and yeah i remember the technician sneaking us into the room where he was at looking at the different layers of her brain and he's like don't tell anybody i did this wow and he and then he and he was diagnosing the whole the whole scan he said this is fine this is fine this is fine they've never found a brain tumor because at that point they thought she had a brain tumor yeah
0: oh hey i wanted to tell you there's no crying on the brave co podcast
1: oh well
0: you gotta toughen up mom i'll toughen up no i'm kidding i'm joking I know those are hard times.
1: It was really hard time, but you know, and it, it ended up that they couldn't find anything. They put her on, um, medication for epilepsy and she was so allergic to it. She was hallucinating and having a 105 degree fever. No way. Yeah. At the house, at the house we'd catch her. Yeah. So it, you know, that was just walking through things with your kids is just really, yeah, really, really tough.
0: It's the worst.
1: But we prayed over her all the time and she had one more seizure after that when we were in garberville and we just knew that that was a demonic attack prayed over some more she's never had another problem that's crazy with that
0: um so that would be the hardest time that you've been through
1: i think so you know i've mm-hmm. been diagnosed with parkinson's but it's way easier for me to deal with that than to have something Mm. happened my
0: family yeah we're going to talk about that in a little bit um you know we're on this we're talking about my childhood and and you parenting us kids through that um looking back to as a kid you guys always encourage us to go on missions trips Hmm. so I've been to Mexico like nine times (laughs) we'd always go there and, and help help out this orphanage yeah, rancho. rancho de sus ninos and uh build stuff and you know minister to the kids and go to the dump and which was super impactful for me right mm-hmm. because it's easy even back then to take your life for granted and and think that everyone lives like you live yeah. but going to the dump in Tijuana and realizing like oh kids are living in this stuff they're mm-hmm. growing up in it was just super helpful and impactful and but uh, once again like you guys just did stuff that I look at today and go like what you're crazy our girl my sisters <laughs> you know where I'm going with this story
1: unfortunately I do
0: yeah so I'm the youngest. Oh, I'm gosh. the baby and and my sisters are you know year and a half and and three or three years older than me <laughs> and there was this big missions trip to China that bob johnson was leading which i don't actually think he was qualified to lead but he was leading <laughs> it and he was taking youth group kids right yeah to china to smuggle in bible so back listen china back then was the real deal uh-huh. so like if you got caught with bibles and stuff it was not good not good not good they were not kind and you let the girls go so shannon was what 12.
1: yeah 12 and
0: 14. oh my gosh (coughs) 12 and 14 so they had dresses like special dresses with pockets sewed into them into the inside so the girls could put bibles in there and then smuggle them in and suitcases and two things happened. one jamie my older my oldest sister gets caught smuggling bibles and has this crazy confrontation with the lady they call the <laughs> dragon Lady, <laughs> <laughs> where she's interrogated and in like this really it was traumatic like four hours yeah
1: and the gal that she was with because they were told to partner with somebody the gal that she was with kept slapping the dragon <laughs> lady's hand because she kept putting it underneath jamie's dress yeah and jamie's like freaking out because
0: because she's in china without her parents mm-hmm. and then shannon right so that's yeah. jamie they finally they finally like confiscate whatever bibles yeah. they find and they let her go in to china like back with the group mm-hmm. and the china and then shannon <laughs> <laughs> shannon is She's 12 at this time. So for all you guys out there that have kids, think about your 12-year-old daughter. She's in China, gets separated from the group, right? Gets yeah. gets separated from the, the group that's yeah. ministering and ends up at a telephone booth calling my dad. So she calls.
1: In the middle of the night, woke us up.
0: Yeah, and is like, I, she's like, I got. I don't know where I'm at. I got separated she's from the group. Crying
1: and crying and oh, your dad was like, Shannon, look around. Do you recognize <laughs> <like in> China? <laughs> <laughs> I recognize. There's a whole lot of people that aren't like me, and yeah. I don't know where I'm at. And she was crying. And she's
0: 12 in China I and know. lost I don't in even communist she, China.
1: I don't even know how she knew how to make a phone call there.
0: Yeah well and and so I think dad prayed with her and right then a police officer came up to her mm-hmm. right that spoke English spoke English and was like hey what's going on how can I help you
1: was just getting ready to take her back to the hotel and somebody from her group drove by and she said I recognize them they're from my group and so she she went off and
0: but, uh, you guys are crazy
1: well and then with Jamie when she got when she got um, interrogated interrogated. your your uncle Kelly (laughs) (laughs) Jamie had Jamie had called and talked to Kelly because we weren't here yet and the Kelly said oh yeah by the way Jamie called and he's like oh what did she what did she say she said she got arrested but she's okay I like what he
0: didn't tell the whole like he, he didn't get any he more didn't details any
1: more information. I was like, <laughs> you stupid. And he goes, but she said she and Chris, like, you know your dad. He was oh, going ballistic. He, my
0: dad worries so bad.
1: And he, he kept asking questions. He goes, I don't know. She kept saying she had to go. But <laughs> <laughs> and so for two days, we didn't hear from her.
0: Oh my god! Again,
1: so we're like, the only thing that we could hold on to was <laughs> so she was okay. she was okay. So we had no idea what happened, and I'm like, oh my gosh, oh so, you know, the stories that you guys have to tell—they're like, you need to write your own book.
0: Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah. And
1: then, and then they went from China to Hong Kong. Yeah. And we get the the last day that they're in Hong Kong and the girls call and they said, "Mom, dad, we don't want to come home. We don't want to come home. We love it here and your dad's like, you're getting <laughs> your butt on the plane <laughs> you're coming and you're home." Coming home. <laughs> but you know, that whole thing was Tracy's fault.
0: Yeah, it was. Because
1: Tracy would sleep with your sisters in her room. Tracy was the... The, the missionary to the Philippines. Yeah,
0: so she would sleep in the room and tell the girls' stories.
1: Yeah, one story after another after another. And they to this day, I can't believe Shannon would go, especially since she was so...
0: She's such a scaredy cat. She's
1: such a scaredy cat. But she just... Tracy lit a fire inside of them that just would not be quenched without them going and, you know... Yeah.
0: Yeah, you guys laid a foundation of faith and action more than any other family I've ever seen. And it's something that I'm so grateful for Mm -hmm. in my life. And I I think it's it's probably the thing that I hold nearest to my heart is that, you know, although some of the stuff was traumatic Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, I would never do that for my kids. Today and you wouldn't do it for wouldn't, the grandkids.
1: <laughs> I wouldn't let you.
0: <laughs> On the flip side of that is oh, what uh-huh. has grounded all of us, yeah, so well is the gospel was alive, yeah, and community was alive, right? And we were very doing, much so. We were doing the real stuff day in and day out, mm-hmm. yeah, just so wild.
1: And we never did it by ourselves either. Mm-hmm. You know, we were with like you were talking about a community. Mm-hmm. And we had, you know, we had people that were around us. You know, you were raised in a very small town. Yeah. 3000 people. Yeah. And it's different than being raised in a city. Yeah. Um, in a small town, you need, you need people Yeah, and you rely on them and you just, you do life together. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, do you miss that? I, I do. Yeah. I cried when your dad said we were going to leave, yeah. Red, uh, Weaverville and come to Reading. I thought i would die there yeah i never thought that we would leave but you know seasons come and seasons go and god knew we needed to be there for one to raise you guys in a place like that was yeah um, it was there's no words that can describe that yeah what you guys learned from that going through the through the good times the bad times the hard times the yeah sweet times yeah um
0: yeah, because in 1998, you guys came, you left Weaverville, yeah. and you came to Bethel Church, right, to, to help Bill, pastor. And, and
1: you were you were just getting ready to, you are doing your last year of high school. Yeah, I was a
0: senior. So I lived, I stayed in Weaverville, Marty <laughs> in and Jamie. In our house. Yeah. Yeah, with so your my, brother and sister. Yeah, so my sister got married and um, to my now brother-in-law. And so when you guys left, I stayed in, mm-hmm. and lived there which was, which was awesome. You know, you, you guys went through another really tough time when you left Weaverville and went down to Reading. um, the next year. Well, that, that next year I graduated high school and got married. Mm-hmm. If you remember, yeah, so got I married do. super young, but then you guys you lost your business.
1: Yeah.
0: You take a deep breath,
1: <laughs>
0: super tough time.
1: Yeah. That was another hard time when you said, what was your hardest? (laughs) When you asked me what was my hardest thing in life? It just, there was a lot of hard things. It just depended upon the year. Yeah.
0: Well, you guys, you, you you're working at the church, Mm -hmm. weren't taking a salary at the church. There wasn't any money. No. Right. And then But we had
1: agreed to that because we thought our business was going to be able to support us.
0: Yeah. And then. I don't, we don't have enough time to tell it here, but a whole bunch of stuff happened. Your supplier ended up going bankrupt when mm-hmm. your supplier owed you guys a bunch of money.
1: We were in a joint venture with them. They were yeah, buying yeah, that's us right. out. And so we didn't have to pay our parts bill, which when all was said and done with, the, with through them and plus our other suppliers, we owed like $1. 1.7, $1. 1.8 million dollars.
0: Which is crazy. So insane. Yeah. In 1998. <laughs> so you guys owe all this money you don't have an income uh no. from the church here and you just became pastors on staff mm-hmm. and you're bankrupt like you guys didn't have like you you're whatever we had no we had nothing you had zero we had nothing
1: absolutely nothing
0: that's crazy like we how did you handle little, with that how, how did you in handle a that stress
1: square 600 square foot apartment and i remember it had one vehicle
0: yeah how did yeah. you handle that
1: you know, there again, looking back at all the times God came through in the hard times, knowing that he was right there with us. Mm-hmm. And I knew that he called us there to Reading mm. or called us here to Reading because it's another long story, but yeah. the Lord spoke directly to me. Yeah, It was like an audible voice being spoken through um, yeah. a pastor at a conference. And so I knew... I knew we were where we were supposed to be and I knew that God would get us through. I just didn't know what it was going to look like. And it was like, okay, God, this is a prime time for an, an, a miracle. <laughs>
0: yeah, like if, you know, if, if, if I've ever, got a few stored up, go ahead and release one. I know. And dad tells a story when uh-huh. he, when he preaches a lot, he tells a story about people just like, like were these random acts of generosity where people would be like, Hey, I've got a thousand dollars. Oh you. yeah. Hey, I've got $10,000 for you. And they wouldn't even know your situation, right? No. Like it wasn't like this was a public deal. No. And people just like giving you guys money.
1: We had a $900,000 loan reduced to 300,000, which <laughs> that sounds like that's awesome, but we you don't have no have, money Yeah. So you know, it, it doesn't matter. And then that debt being forgiven by a man that worked for a bank that we didn't even know and. They, the guy said, "Just we'll we'll do an offer and compromise." And like, okay. So he's like, "What do you have to offer?" And Chris said nothing. (laughs) (laughs) And he said, "Chris, you got to give me something." And so your dad was like, "Okay, ten thousand dollars on this three hundred and some odd thousand dollar note." And then, and I'm not going to say the man's name, but he signed it and had to sign it and said, "Okay, I'll get back with you and." So we're like, oh, well, that was a joke. And he calls and he said, the bank won't take $10,000 on this note. And your dad said, they'd be crazy too. I didn't think they would. And he said, but they'll take $11,000. We're like, $11,000? <laughs> and for a moment in time, we were so joyful yeah. until we realized, but we still have no money. <laughs> <laughs> We still had no money in the midst of all these little miracles happening all around us, yeah, and so uh, the guy the guy comes back and we're we're praying like crazy, and God provides this thirty thousand dollars that took care of the eleven thousand dollars plus an i r s bill plus a state board of equalization bill. you guys have tithe. had more bills than I've ever
0: seen in my life. oh,
1: I know, paid for it all. And when he, when the the banker came to our business to sign off on it, he was in tears and he was crying. Wow. And Chris, your dad led him to the Lord. And he said, and all my years of banking, which he was in his late sixties, all my years of banking, I've never seen this happen before. And he said, and you guys don't deserve what you've had to go through. Wow. And he said, not only did the bank forgive the note, but they he wiped away the foreclosure that had happened so as if it had never happened before wow so and then two months later we saw an obituary where he had passed away
0: no way Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's just i just can't believe that you guys went through that and didn't have to bankrupt god completely provided for you yeah financially time and time again yeah through just these random acts of of blessing kindness and in somehow, some way you like made it through that season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's wild.
1: Yeah. Having somebody that you love to go through that with though is
0: you know. Do you ever get to the point where you just like, how much hard stuff am I gonna have to go through in life?
1: Yeah, but uh, I always tell myself, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. But I know I'm here today because I got through it. Yeah. And God will do it again. Yeah. You know, I have a choice. You know, I can be fearful and angry mm. and bitter. Mm. Or I can say, God's setting me up for a miracle. God's mm. setting me up for a new Season of my life, you know, God's setting me up for success because He wants good for me. Yeah, doesn't mean that we don't go through tough things because, I mean, why did why do people pay money to go to a gym? Yeah, work you know, out to yeah. work out and sweat and to <laughs> build bulk and yeah, do hard things It's because there's a result, there's an yeah. end, you know, to the to that. And same with you know, same with God. It's like He's just He's doing this for my good
0: so many people message us you know all the time i mean every day and they're they're just the world's a tough place you know marriage is hurting and kids hurting and whatever whatever's going on and i i don't know how to say it like life life was never it was never meant to be easy there's, there's no, like no one escapes the trials of life. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And you may have a childhood that's super, super simple, super easy. At some point you're going to hit trial mm-hmm. and.
1: And it doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. No,
0: you have all the money in the world and it's not gonna... hit big trials. You can have no money and, and hit big trials. And so it's like the one it's the, it's, it's just so guaranteed that the thing that, that it's not guaranteed is that you're going to do a good job in the middle of it mm-hmm. and but like watching you and dad navigate through just a lifetime of the hard stuff you got diagnosed with Parkinson's seven years ago now
1: yeah probably about that
0: yeah how did you like how's that affected you In like what was it like to get that diagnosis
1: it was it was hard i mean for a couple years before i i kind of knew something was happening i started having a tremor in my right hand mm. and then i tried to move my you know move my hand and it would kind of what they call ratchet it would, oh, it would yeah. be smooth and i thought oh i just you know sprained my arm for my horses or something yeah. I pulled something wrong and but i i decided i'm gonna go to the doctor to yeah. see what they say and I remember them saying, I'm going to send you to a specialist or neurologist just to put your mind at ease because they thought it was just benign tremors. Oh, And then I get into the, to the um, neurologist and he said, you have Parkinson's hmm. and I'm like, I didn't, I didn't know what to think. I mean, I was so shocked. Yeah. Your father was out of the country, so he wasn't there to even go with me to, to hear that diagnosis. Um, and I thought
0: that must have felt really lonely.
1: Yeah, I remember going to see your niece Misha, because she was at school in Chico, and so I happened to go there and picked her up for lunch, and just needed to be around some family. And yeah. So it was it was hard, and but I thought I could I could fall into the trap of being like everybody else, and focusing on my disability so to mm. speak or i could do something about it mm. and so i just i mean i've i've always been super competitive yeah you know i've always been that way and i thought i'm not going to lose this race and i'm not going to i'm not going to be defined as somebody with parkinson's either mm. and so i did everything that i you know and i'm doing everything that i can to yeah to be active and to um you know over you know overcome this yeah and to not give in and give up, but to push yeah. in and push out of the the um, stigma of what somebody with Parkinson's can, and can can't do, do and can't do. It's yeah. like, tell me I can't do something. Please tell me I can't do yeah. something, because that'll just push me to do it more and more. Yeah, you know, it's just, true. Even our hunting trips and stuff that we go through.
0: Yeah, it's show. super fun. um Well, you you got diagnosed with Parkinson's and and part of the journey I think for all of us family was like okay well how can we help you know how can we contribute to just helping you fulfill you know the lifestyle that you want to live Mm -hmm. and so for me it was super fun that year um I think that's the year that maybe a year after or something I I I started to think through like man maybe I should teach mom how to fly fish Mm -hmm. and so I did I taught you how to fly fish and, uh, we
1: has, uh, yeah, some of our favorite times.
0: Yeah. So we go out on the lake and we didn't go last year much cause I had babies. The mm-hmm. last two years I've had babies and that's always a challenge.
1: We're going to re- remedy that this year. Yeah.
0: So I taught you how to fly fish and then, but, uh, that, that year as well, um, I took you and Riley to do a really cool mm-hmm. hunt in Texas. Yeah. And what most people don't know about you, mom, is that you're an absolute slayer uh, when it comes to hunting, you love hunting <laughs> and you just love to get after it. And, and I just love that about you this last year. And so we went to, we went to Texas, uh, a few years ago, four years ago or something, five years ago. And you, um, shot some deer and turkeys and
1: Bobcat.
0: Yeah. You got a Bobcat. Um, and then we went to Oh, Pennsylvania.
1: gosh.
0: Oh, yeah. We went to Pennsylvania and you shot a really big buck there.
1: Non-typical. I think it's beautiful.
0: Yeah. Just a giant buck, mm. which maybe Tim can put up some some pictures or whatever. We can we can drop some pictures in here of mom's animals. And then uh, I took you on a hunt in Idaho. Right. You, yeah. Yeah. So we went and hunted Elk. elk which was
1: that was crazy
0: yeah so our elk hunt I'll dive into that just a little bit but our elk hunt was super cool um a friend of mine called me and said hey I could I got a depredation tag which basically there's so many elk that come into this guy's ranch that um fish and game give him a tag a couple tags to be able to shoot in, you know the elk that are on his land just a couple not like a hundred but like two or three and so they were gracious enough to give us that tag, mm-hmm. and I took you out there, and the first day, we had tried to do a couple stalks on elk and realized it was going to be a little bit challenging. um
1: It's not that we didn't see a whole lot. yeah, they were so far away, yeah, and
0: then in some really mountainous terrain, oh yeah, which is tough, right? because you you can't like you you can't hike and stuff with Parkinson's a ton no you can you can do some, but not a ton. And so what we ended up doing is, and it, it, it <laughs> was awesome, is my friend Rob Wiley was there and Todd Pierce. And so we- It was great. Yeah, we got the horses, because we had a bunch of horses. So we got horses. We put you on a horse in like seven degree weather, a little bit of snow. There's lots of snow on the ground. Lots but was, of wind. Yeah, <laughs> lots of wind. And we packed you up into this hill and ended up- You guys up,
1: were on horses too. We yeah, all were.
0: Yeah. So we packed up on horses and uh and we had seen some elk up in there earlier um that week and uh, we just waited until these elk came out into the meadow and uh, then we got back on the horses again and rode through some trees and ended up sneaking into uh range
1: i'll never forget that i was so tired my muscles were so tired and so cold and I'm all bundled up and crawling on my knees trying to get underneath this tree to take this shot yeah and then the elk were still so far away you couldn't even see him with your eyes you had to glass them and
0: yeah you made an incredible shot you shot that you shot that 554 yeah 500 yards which was just awesome and again like another fulfillment of a dream Mm -hmm. you know of just being able to i get to take my mom <laughs> on these hunts and last year we had another one it was like okay well what are we gonna do you know how are we gonna how are we gonna fulfill another one of your dreams and for those of you that don't like to hunt you know what you can fast forward through this stuff or whatever but hunting is just a part of our life it's it's what we do it's who we are so and we eat the meat. yeah um so this last year we went and um got a black bear but mm. that was so much fun oh my gosh yeah, we ended up, um, this place that, that we had access to, um, they they had bears that were coming in and really like eating, like messing with cows and eating these cows food and stuff. And so we ended up, the thing with that ranch was we could only shoot a crossbow. Mm-hmm. So it was archery only. So <laughs> we got a crossbow and I taught you how to shoot it. Yeah, And we got all sighted in. And to make a really long story short, um, you shot a bear at seventy-four yards yeah. with your cross crossbow, and it was awesome.
1: <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah,
0: one of the funnest hunts I've been on.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 that was so much fun! I can remember getting set up, and we were still we were on the ground at that point, trying not to move because the bears were. We'd
0: seen a bunch of bears we'd coming seen a close. a couple yeah.
1: bears coming close, and and you're my my glasses are for distance and i'm looking through my sight and it's messing my vision's all blurry because my glasses are for distance yeah so i'm trying to take my glasses off and you're quietly yelling well here's stop (laughs) moving and i'm like i have to take my glasses off (laughs) stop moving
0: here's what happened we're sitting underneath this juniper tree and and waiting for you know hoping that these bears come in because it's not a guarantee and we're sitting under this juniper tree and I see this massive like 500 plus pound bear (laughs) black bear walking towards us at like 150 200 yards away and I'm like mom there's a bear right there and the first thing you said is get your gun get your gun and i was like mom calm down you're good I'm, i've got my gun calm down <laughs> so you're all nervous i never hunted a bear before yeah the crazy stories <laughs> and so. we're on the ground right so we're on the ground yeah not in a car yeah and the bear's walking towards us and then you decide that you have right at that moment, you decide I have to take my glasses off. Cause
1: I couldn't see them, which
0: was fine. So I'm like, mom, stop moving. Like, I'll tell you when you can move. And you kept moving. I was like, mom, stop moving. And you kept moving. I was like, damn it, mom, stop moving. <laughs> You're so stubborn. You are so Cause stubborn. Cause I couldn't
1: see. I and know. if I had to take a shot and I couldn't see, God, it could have been we really bad. close to being ready. Well, and then the, the bear was so close to the cow.
0: Yeah. I mean, the I whole had, thing what, was just crazy. In, I,
1: had a, I only had a few inches.
0: Well, you, you had enough room. I mean, the cows are on the other side of the fence, but it was—we just—we made it work. We ended up, you know, scooting over and getting up and moving, and <laughs> like it was crazy, but we did it. We fulfilled that dream, and that was I think,
1: fun. That was a fun. Hunt. Yeah,
0: this next year we might do an elk hunt, um, which would be awesome. I would. Uh, a bull elk you shot a cow elk yeah, a bull elk which would be yeah. super cool. but Mom, you are just the most brave, persevering, hardest working woman I've ever met in my <laughs> life. And I'm so thankful for all the the love and support that you've just poured into me and, and us kids thank you for raising us right for um taking us through the hard times and not hiding it from us but teaching us how to do that Mm. and just for being such an incredible mom you know you've you have been there through every step of my journey from my divorce to my nervous breakdown to my remarriage um to you know helping my kids When they were in hard times and um i just can't thank you enough mom Mm. i love you i love you too
1: thanks for the adventures and the yeah just who you are and who you've made me to become (laughs) (laughs) thanks
0: i appreciate you mom well that's it for this week's podcast hopefully you guys have a mom as cool as mine (laughs) and if you don't you can uh you can you can borrow mine for a little bit here and enjoy these stories. But guys, stay brave out there. Uh, Have an incredible week. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the Brave Co. podcast. If you like this podcast, would you please rate it, review it, leave us a great comment. And if you like this episode in particular, share it with your friends and family. That helps us to spread the word. Guys, stay brave. We'll see you next week.